All right, everybody, welcome to VO Boys for Tuesday, January 2nd. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. So, Clayton, we are going over the big holiday weekend of, uh, what is it, Friday, December 29th. And, man, when we talked at the end of the last week, we're going over all these holiday movies. There were a few that we weren't sure how they were going to progress, and we got some incredibly interesting results. And I think some movies that really changed the narrative for themselves on this New Year's weekend. So very exciting. I mean, let's get into it. Would you want to give us a New Year's plow for the New Year's weekend of Friday, December 29th? I would love to. Number one, Wonka made $22.6 million. That is up. 26%. It lost 98 theaters. It's at $133.3 million in its third week of release. Number two, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom made $18.2 million, down 34%. It added 81 theaters. It's at $76.6 million in its second frame. Number three, Migration made $17 million. That is plus. 37%. It added 78 theaters. It's at $54.1 million in its second weekend of release. Number four, The Color Purple made $11.7 million. It now stands with the Christmas money, $44 million in its first week. Number five, Anyone But You made $8.7 million, up 46%. It is at 24 million in its second weekend. Number six, The Boys in the Boat made $8.4 million. It is at $21.9 million in its first week. Number seven, The Iron Claw made $5 million plus 4%. No theater change. It's at $16.3 million in its second frame. Number eight, Ferrari made $4 million. It stands at $10.9 million in its first frame. And number nine, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes made $2.8 million, down 5%. It hemorrhaged theaters, losing $849. It's at $159.8 million in its seventh weekend. And number 10, The Boy and the Heron made $2.5 million, down 10%. It lost 640 theaters. It's at $35.9 million in its fourth weekend of release. Wow, what a plow that was. Clayton, here's the movie I want to go into right off the bat. We talked about it a little bit last week, but this is the one I want to talk about. Anyone But You, the Mm -hmm. rom-com starring Sidney Sweeney, Glenn Powell, You know, last week when it opened, we didn't leave this for dead. We sort of talked about it as a sigh of relief for Sidney Sweeney and the fact that it didn't open to a million, didn't totally bomb. But look at this second weekend and look at the day by days. We're not going to call them day by days. Uh, A a Hollywood insider reached out to us to, to say we should not use the phrase day by day when talking about the day by day results. Just say it's deep popcorn. Uh, deep popcorn? Yes, we could we could give his code name. Deep popcorn reached out to us and warned us not to use day by day 
when we talk about the day-by-day results for these movies. It warned was a, us. I warned, warned, us. warned us. Warned us. Warned us. Warned and we will us. heed his warning because he is a Hollywood insider. Yeah. And he knows, uh, you know, he knows what could cause trouble in Hollywood. And we don't want to do that right now. So the day-by-day results for anyone but you were really good last week. Really good. But this weekend, this this New Year's weekend, it went up 46% from its Christmas weekend opening. It made $8.7 million in its second weekend. And I think this does lend real credence to my original theory that the Christmas weekend is a sexless, not horny weekend. People do not want Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell's glistening half-naked bodies thrown in their face when they're getting together with a family for Christmas. But they sure as hell wanted it after they left the family's house and as they went out into their New Year's weekend parties. They wanted those bodies on their movie screen this past weekend. Yeah. you. I mean, I think you said it very effectively last episode where there's no steeper incline from non-horny to horny from Christmas to New Year's. Yes. Yeah. And those numbers, I mean, mm-hmm. you can say things and back them up with, oh, my friend did this and I heard this and blah, blah, blah. None of that matters unless there's numbers involved. Mm-hmm. And what we have here is numbers. Yes. Percentages and the most important numbers of all, dollars. Yes. Yes. I mean, the anyone but you box office increased 46%. From weekend one to weekend two, I bet you, you could map that out across sexual intercourse from Christmas weekend to New Year's weekend. I bet you there was a 46% increase in, in getting it on, owning, getting it on, stooping. The stooping increased 46%. I guarantee you that translates from box office to stooping. And this is, you know, listen, again. This is not Pretty Woman. This is not Sydney Sweeney's Pretty Woman. You know, she's not Julia Roberts coming out of this movie. But this movie is now with $24.8 million after about, you know, 10, 11 days at the box office. This movie's got a chance. You know, this movie has got a chance to do, you know, I think the third weekend is going to be really important. Let's see if they can keep this going. But we're looking at a movie now that has an honest chance of getting into 40 million plus domestic and, so, and maybe higher. Yeah. And this movie, again, you know, the spike in horniness, I do believe that is true. I do think mm-hmm. you have a great theory there. I also think that this thing, and I said this previously, had to overcome horrible marketing. Yes. Terrible, horrible marketing in order for people to bypass that. And see this. I just got a text from a friend of ours, a mutual friend who we go see movies together all the time, all of us, Mm -hmm. and texted me. And I hope it's okay. I'm sure they will find this okay. They said, now that I know anyone but you is a retelling of Much Ado About Nothing, I really want to see it. Apparently, the studio asked reviewers not to mention that too much because they think Shakespeare would turn people off. What? Are, what? If this if this is true, it's huge because what are these marketing people doing? Shakespeare has sold so many books. Do you know how many books Shakespeare has sold? Right, yeah. uh, millions and millions, millions and millions, millions and millions, millions. The original airport author, William Shakespeare. No bigger IP. 
Yes. And they hid it. They Not hit only it. did they have terrible commercials, but they hid that this was based on a major IP. Yeah. It, it, that's wild. And, and you just go back to the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, when you had your 10 Things I Hate About You and those sly, sexy Shakespeare retellings were, were big at the box office. They were big with the young people. Young people want to say that they've read Shakespeare, but they want to do it through looking at hot bodies of Sidney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. That's, you know, they want, they want Shakespeare through uh, uh, crib notes and through hot bodied movie stars. And, and, Pat, and so, what is, yeah. What is, what is the cycle of nostalgia? We've seen this, right? Mm. In the seventies, they love the fifties in the nineties. They love the seventies, right? right? 20 years ago, we were getting these Shakespeare, retellings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now it's 20 years and people are into it again so why don't you lead into that that yeah. was boneheaded yeah. everybody in that marketing team should be fired wow wow well well the the they've overcome it seems the bad pre-release marketing and the word has gotten out that hey it's about shakespeare hey the movie isn't bad even though those commercials and those trailers were bad people seem to be liking this and the day by days were increasing throughout the week um you know as as the days went on this was moving up the charts last week i mean this is this anyone but you is just i think i think a, a has a chance to be a real big achievement for its two stars it went from being something that could have kind of ended their careers or not ended them, but really hurt their careers. Then it opened and it was a sigh of relief. And now this movie has a chance to be a, a, a true victory for the stars. I'm looking at no hard feelings, you know, that came out in June of this past year, Jennifer Lawrence. It's the biggest movie on Netflix now. And at the box office after its second week in release, that movie was at, $29 million. So after its second weekend of release, anyone but use a 24.8, but off of a much, much smaller opening weekend. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. this has been playing during the holiday every day is a weekend week. But next weekend, Night Swim, Night Swimming is the is the horror movie coming out. Obviously, Night that's going to play Night Swim. I'm thinking of the REM song, of course. Um, but Night Swim horror movie will go after the young people. I think anyone but you is still going to have a good third weekend. And if that happens, this is a movie that has a chance to do pretty well. Wow. I mean, obviously, we will be talking about this movie and and tracking this story. Yeah. But yes, it will. is, I mean, uh, listen, I thought this thing was dead. I mm-hmm. thought it was Armageddon time for this thing. And man, I was anything but right. Yes. About anyone but you. So another movie in in this top 10 that I want to touch on quickly that I think is doing better than expected, The Boys in the Boat. Again, Mm. a film that we saw with our father-in-law, my Mm -hmm. actual father-in-law, your sort of adopted father-in-law. Yeah. He was so excited to see this movie. And and in that way, like we said in the last episode of, he didn't outright say, hey, I want to go see this because he's a real man and he would never just say that he wants something, he but we could want, tell. Yeah, he does. Yeah, wanting is is not very masculine. But we knew we went to see this, and I think there's a lot of other 
father-in-laws out there who went to go see this movie this past week because it made $8.4 million in its, uh, I guess, first real weekend, opening weekend, though it had been playing for five days at that point. And it came in number six. You know, this movie came in ahead of Ferrari. And, you know, listen, this is not a barn burner, but I think this is probably the best business that a George Clooney movie has done in a while. This is his his biggest victory in terms of actually making something that people want to see. Yeah, I think Monuments Men was probably his biggest grossing, I, I, I presume. Uh, but this movie, older audiences are loving, mm-hmm. as we saw firsthand, a cinema score, an 86% positive on post-track. So this is a movie people like, and fifty million is not out of the question for this thing. No, no. I, I, I mean, you look at some of these recent George Clooney movies. Of course, Tender Bar, Midnight Sky were streamers, but I mean, Suburbicon. You know, Suburbicon's the one came out twenty seventeen. That movie did five point seven million domestic total. Total. So, boy, Boys in the Boat is a huge. Huge comeback from that movie. So you mentioned Monuments Men. That movie made $78 million domestic in 2014. I think it had a bigger budget. Ides of March did $40 million in 2011. That was probably a big, big budget movie. Leatherheads only did $31 million. So Leatherheads in 2008 did $31.3 million. Do we think Boys in the Boat is going to pass Leatherheads? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, there's not much coming out in the next month. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's the beekeeper. Everybody's yes. talking about the beekeeper. Obviously, I do think that older people will see the beekeeper. Yeah. Some father in laws will go see the beekeeper for sure. But uh, this boys in the boat is is hitting some something, a, mm-hmm. a chord in Americans. Yeah. You know. And I think that is something this book was huge. It's it's a book that you see on people's shelves who never read books. Mm-hmm. You yep. go to somebody's house and you always I look at the bookshelf first. You got to. You got and most to. of the people I hang out with, they have fully packed bookshelves, all that, right? Some people go to their house, they have a few books here and there. One of those books is gonna be Boys in the Boat. Mm-hmm. You can almost guarantee it. And that means something. Yes. Yeah. So uh, a comp I want to throw out there for Boys in the Boat, you know, this time last year, pretty much the same weekend last year, Man Called Otto, Tom Hanks, mm. that movie opened, of course, also based on a, on a book, very much targeted older audience, very much targeted at father-in-laws. Um, that movie got to $64 million domestic. That movie ran from December 30th all the way into April, mm-hmm. looks like was the last box office weekend for that movie, April 7th. Now, I don't think either of us think Boys in the Boats against 64 million domestic. It's not. It's obviously not. But it does make me think, I mean, that's the difference of a movie star. You know, Joel mm-hmm. Edgerton had the, the, the star part in Boys in the Boat. He plays the, the rowing coach. And if Boys in the Boat starred Tom Hanks as that rowing coach, I mean, this movie could have been off to the races. Uh, you know, they probably they kept the budget low by going with Joe Ledgerton. I'll throw something out there real quick. If Clooney 
had put himself in this movie as the rowing coach, does that up the box office for Boys in the Boat? Maybe, but not as much as I mean. No, I mean maybe five million. Maybe I think the IP oh, wow. is the star here. Really, okay. I actually think the fact that Clooney. I think the fact that Clooney's not on screen is positive for this. Mm-hmm. Like that he's not on screen at all. And you can almost forget that he directed this because mm-hmm. he doesn't have any real visual style. There's not any of those. That's a Clooney shot for sure. Right. right so right, right. it's sort of like anybody directed this, but obviously it doesn't get made unless Clooney wants to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he goes, he goes on the shows and people like to talk to him and he was there with the author, you know, on what, you know, CBS or whatever, Sunday morning. I don't think him being the coach adds any perceptible box office, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. I Obviously, Hanks would have. Hanks, uh, that's great. Uh, when, as yeah. soon as you, as soon as you started talking in that direction, I was picturing a hundred million dollar movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, but Hanks would need, need his quote. I mean, he's got to exactly. get his beak wet. Wet. So a hundred million for that movie is not going to be as much profit as whatever this ends up making. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With on this budget. Yeah, you could save a couple of bucks with Joel Edgerton. So uh, let's talk. I, I mean, I'm bouncing around here. Wonka number one. I don't know if there's much more to say on this. This is a big. That, there's a lot to hit. say on this. Oh, go I mean, for it then. Ex- expound on on Wonka. Had another big weekend at number one. It was number one pretty much every day last week after Aquaman opened. So, yeah, talk us of Wonka. Well, I mean, at this point in 2019, Jumanji: The Next Level had grossed 175.4. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know Wonka is at 134.9 after 17 days. And it's going to make it's projected to 142.7 after the new year, right? So if it has the same sort of legs, this thing's going to make like 250. Wow, 250 is, domestic. I mean, we don't we, we you know we usually don't talk international, but this is also a worldwide hit too. Yeah, 250 domestic. So that's a possibility, right? It's not going to reach you know the the heights of Jumanji: The Next Level, which you know made 320. But that was when The Rock was hitting. Kevin Hart was still doing theatrical films. You had Jack right. Black reascending. Yeah. That's I mean, a movie that had three established movie stars. This is Timothy Chalamet's breakout as a movie star, and it's it's pretty much him on his own. But we're seeing this. This is going to be you know a Christmas time hit. This is going to be one of those movies that we talk about when we say Christmas time hits. Yep, yep. A- and this is going to be a Christmas time. I don't want to say classic, but this is going to be staple. a perennial. It's going to be a staple for sure. It might not be a classic, but it'll be a, it'll be a staple. It probably won't be Daddy's Home too, but what is exactly? Yes, um, this is a, this is just a big big hit. I'm looking at it compared to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the 2005 Burton Johnny Depp Wonka movie, and that movie was at. 148 after three weekends and Wonka is now at uh 133 domestic after three weekends and I think this Wonka movie is going to end up higher than the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie because okay. that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie opened to 56 it just opened gigantic and then you know the legs were fine 
Mm-hmm. But the legs on this Wonka movie are great. And I feel like people like this movie a lot more. So yeah. I, I think this is going to be a bigger hit than the Tim Burton, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I agree. I, I mean, I think I think the movie that we don't have to talk about a lot is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Because okay. talk about dead horses, superhero movies, dead horse. I mean, this thing went down 34%. It's probably going to end up doing better than The Flash, but that is not great shakes it's going to probably do better than more of the marvels but i mean we are seeing it and we mentioned it and i'm sick of talking about it but uh, this superhero thing is over and everybody's just going to have to get used to it it is uh i totally agree on all that Uh oh here it comes here no, no 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 the thing is all i'll say is people clearly like this aquaman more as a character and momoa as aquaman more than they've liked any of the superhero movies that we've gotten in these, you know, other than, of course, Spidey cartoon. The, he he is a more liked character. And, of course, this is playing during the Christmas week. Huh? I get that. But Flash, Shazam, the Marvels, uh, Ant-Man, Quantumania. I do think that this is the movie that people, but the superhero thing is done and there's so much bad will for it. But this movie feels like it was also hurt by a year of terrible bad will from all those other bombs. Okay, but, so. but, but, but Pat, it's like what you're saying is like saying I'd prefer a paper cut on my fingertip than on my eyeball. It's still a paper cut. I'm, it's over. It's over. So like, yes, they like this more and it's up. But here's the thing. If they really, really love this thing, it would like the like Guardians did really well because people discovered that it is a fun, good movie. Whatever you want to say about this, it didn't have anything extra to make people want to see it. No, totally. So we have to stop even mildly defending these things, right? Because there are things that are going to come in and replace superhero movies. Stop, stop holding so tightly to MCU, to Pixar. Please, be a person who can evolve. Be a person who can understand that the pop culture moves and it may move away from what you like, but it will still persist and there will be hit movies after the things that you loved are dead. Please, please don't be one of those people, Pat, that I'm holds not one on to the corpse of an IP. I, I, I am that, not holding on to a corpse. This is not box office necrophilia. So stop here. That is not what defending I'm, it even mildly. Stop I, it. Stop I, it. Stop I, it. It's the mildest of defenses. People I don't want to like hear it. Aquaman, Jason Momoa more than they like Captain Marvel, Ant-Man, Shazam, Blue Beetle. That's, that's all I'm saying. I am not holding on to a corpse. I am not doing box office necrophilia. I get that these superhero movies, aside from the marquee, marquee characters, Joker, Batman, you know, uh, Iron Man, if he comes back, Spidey, of course, you know, these, these superhero movies are dead. I do think, and listen, we'll have him on again soon because he's one of our favorite guests, Scott Mendelson. I guarantee if Scott Mendelson was in this seat right now or in this, his, his seat, the third seat. He would he would also agree people like Jason Momoa's Aquaman more than they like these last years of bomb after bomb superhero movies. And this movie did it did 
suffer from the the backlash to all of those movies. I, I do believe that. I do believe that. Let's talk migration. Let's talk migration. Sure. Let's Plus let's talk about it. Percent mm-hmm. seventeen million dollars mm-hmm. sitting at fifty four again. You know, rats need their cheese, and yes. these cheese just happen to be birds. Yes. Um, I got a uh, a message from a wannabe old girl, um, and she talked about she actually had an exchange with her sister. Now her sister is not a listener yet, yet, yet. Um, but you know, I'm sure that'll change eventually. Um, and they had an exchange and her sister went to go see a movie in the movie theater and said, I saw all these people taking their kids to see migration was wondering why the F they were going to see such a stupid movie. But, uh, and then she says, but guess who's taking their kid to see that dumb movie now. And it's cause it's the only kids movie out. So that is what the sister said. And then, of course, our listener, our wannabe old girl, responded to her sister saying, the rats need their cheese. And also, and I already took name redacted. She named her own daughter. I already took name redacted obvs. So that was an exchange Mm -hmm. that a wannabe old girl sent me. So basically, a mother took her child to see Migration because there wasn't any other kids' movies out there. And... Our listener had also taken her daughter to see migration for the same reason. And she used the catchphrase, the rats need their cheese, which I love to see our catchphrases and our, uh, you know, uh, our quotes. Turns being used, or phrase. Turns or phrase being used in, in real life. So, I mean, that kind of says it all. It's the only movie out there. And Wonka. I mean, I think those are the two. And, and but animated. It's the only animated yes. one out there. I mean, other than the boy and the heron, which is, I mean, I mean, that's for that's again. I, we won't get into that, but that's more for adults than it is for kids. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think Wonka plays a little older mm-hmm. than Migration. Um, yeah. You know, I took my niece to see Wonka. She's six, but of course, she is uh, got the the movie mind of an older than a six year old. You know, she, yeah. she's advanced there. But for a little kid, migration is just what you got to see. And mm-hmm. and you just got to deal with it. It's flashing um, colors moving fast. Yeah. And so it's doing well. It's not going to do Puss in Boots, Last Wish. That is not happening here. It's not doing Sing 2. But as an original animated movie, it's kind of doing f- well for what those movies could do at this point. And I think that's the big story we've seen in animation the last few years since the pandemic is that the non-sequels is the ceiling is lower, it seems, than it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. The original animated is having trouble it, until it's not. That's the thing. Until it's, until not, it's not. Exactly. And then and then it will be great. One thing that I'm noticing, and we'll get into the color purple because we'd be remiss not to talk about this. Mm-hmm. What I'm noticing is a lot of these movies uh, – you know, we sometimes give studios, uh, you know, S for releasing movies at the wrong time. And we almost did that with anyone but you. But again, looks like, you know, that seems to be paying off a little bit. But when you look at migration, up against nothing, Christmas mm-hmm. holiday, rats running around, needing their cheese. Yeah. Even Aquaman. Perfect time to put this movie out just because just by the sheer 
you know, fact that it's a movie playing around Christmas, it's going to do a little bit better. Yep. And Boys in the Boat. Boys in the Boat expertly scheduled yes. here. Expertly scheduled, yes. And and so I think, uh, and I, I mean, Color Purple, again, we'll talk about it, also think was scheduled great and scheduled in a slot where a lot of things had failed in the past couple of years, and this one is succeeding. Yeah, yeah. So on migration, I want to throw out this comp because now migration after two weekends is mm-hmm. at $54 million total. Yeah. And after two weekends, uh, we had this film, this animated film in April 2022 called The Bad Guys. That movie mm-hmm. got itself to $97 million total. That played into November, from April to November uh, is when that played. Really shows that these kids' movies, if there's nothing else, they could play forever. Uh, Bad Guys got to $97 million. After its second weekend, it was only at $44 million. And it actually had a lower second weekend than Migration. So Migration is right now running ahead of the bad guys can migration get to that 90 plus maybe a hundred million dollar mark because i mean it's running ahead of the bad guys and the bad guys got itself to 97 million dollars and other than those disney pixar covid era re-releases coming there is nothing else in january and february for the rats so yeah 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 migration is going to run into that buzzsaw that is soul yeah uh You know, bad guys. We were we were told uh, we were informed that that is actually an IP because they're based on popular book series. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's not original, but still, I do think it's a good comp. Uh, I don't see migration getting there. I, I I guess I just don't. But who knows? I mean, again, like you said, there's not really much coming. So you're just, you're gonna have to take your kids somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes and it- the park is too cold. Well, I mean, that is, that is a great point. I mean, we're going into, you know, bad guys came out in April and ran through the spring and the summer when there are other options for what you could do with your kids. And migration is going to be playing in January, February, where, you know, other than, I guess, in Texas, within the United States, it starts to get a little bit nippy out there. And in a lot of the country, it is straight on frigid and you can't take these kids outside. So I, I think after this second weekend, it's got a chance, you know, yeah. and if migration gets itself to 80 or $90 million, that is a solid win for an original, you know, post COVID original animated film. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, again, it's like you just said, unlike the birds in migration, most people can't go to the South for the winter. So exactly. they're going to migrate their little butts to a mm-hmm. movie theater mm-hmm. to see this movie. Yeah. So on our last episode, we talked about the Christmas Day opening of The Color Purple. That movie opened to $18 million on Christmas Day, was number one for that day. In the New Year's weekend, it has now fallen to number four. Mm -hmm. It made $11.7 million in its first real weekend, though it had been out for five days. It's now at $44 million. I mean, I think... This movie, it's not necessarily breaking out in a huge way, but $44 million after whatever it is, its first, you know, basically seven full days in release, eight full days, I think is good. And I do think that it's a movie that could get a little bump, you know, 
if, if the awards nominations break the right way, you mm-hmm. know, it didn't, it didn't really get any, as far as I know, golden globes nominations. So the golden globe awards next weekend won't really help it, but Oscar nom, nom, noms, all that kind of stuff. I think that could really help this movie over the next few months. But where are you at on color purple, $44 million as we sit here right now? I feel the same way. I do think it, you know, super serving an audience uh, and they're going to see this movie. It hasn't broken out, like you said, into must see for everyone. Mm -hmm. But again, I mean, I, I hate to totally agree with you because it makes for bad radio, but I do think this is going to be very contingent on Oscars. Do you see Fantasia Reno getting a nominee? Mm -hmm. Nom, nom, nom. Do you see Tarasha P. Henson getting one? Right. Do you see Daniel Brooks supporting? Yeah. Do you see this best picture? Is there a song in the mix here? Right. The, Best Picture is the big one because it, it's yeah. on that bubble. And we'll be talking a lot of Oscars here in the next few months. It's on that eighth, ninth, tenth place bubble for the 10 Best Picture nomination at the Oscars. If it gets in, I think that's going to really help this. It definitely is. I think it's been a rough few years for musicals. You know, you go back even pre-COVID, December 2019 with Cats, disaster at the box office. Summer of 2021, you had In the Heights and you had Dear Evan Hansen and you had, you know, West Side Story probably came out a year or two early in sense of uh, the box office and didn't do that well. And Color Purple, I think, is at least going to rejuvenate the idea of big screen musicals could still do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So that, yeah, that's one to stick with because uh, I do think if it gets into the Oscar conversation, gets the best picture, nom, 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 that'll really help the marketing for that movie. Um, Clayton, we talked about last weekend, Ferrari, huge disaster. Second weekend, no better. I mean, Mm -hmm. or I guess first full weekend. It opened on Christmas Day and... This thing is a disaster. It's at $10.9 million after 10 days in release. That That is just a nightmare number for that movie. I mean, it's only in 2,386 theaters. I mean, what are you, how is it supposed to compete with something like Wonka that's in 4,000 theaters? Or, right. you know, Aquaman, which is in 3,700. I mean, it just can't compete. And yeah. especially, you know what it's eating? You know what's eating is lunch? You know... The Boys in the Boat, mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. feel like Boys in the Boat is the first choice, and we mentioned this earlier, the first choice for father-in-laws. 100%. And if Boys in the Boat hadn't been released this weekend, Ferrari would probably be in that slot. Now, would yes. it be doing the same business as Boys in the Boat? I don't think so. Not but it would be doing better business. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was exactly what happened this past holiday week for me, you know, yeah. my father-in-law, your adopted father-in-law, his first choice was Boys in the Boat. We went to go see that Christmas night. We saw mm-hmm. that film. His second choice was Ferrari. And later in the week, we did indeed go to see Ferrari together. Myself, mm-hmm. my wife, my father-in-law. I was too sleepy. You were too sleepy. You, you couldn't make it out for that. But that is a situation in which there's a great son-in-law who takes the father-in-law to see two movies 
over the holiday week. That is rare. That is very rare. I am. Is that a knock on me? No, no, that is not a knock on you. That is a knock on most son-in-laws who are not at my level. We're going to see two movies over a a holiday with their father-in-law. I saw two. That is rare. That second choice, that was Ferrari, and that second choice in most households does not get seen. And that is that is what the box office is bearing out. Ferrari was the second choice for father-in-laws. Most son-in-laws are going to say, you get one. You get one. We'll go see one. All right, boys in the boat, we'll go see that, and then that's it. And but, you can see in these numbers for Ferrari, that is what happened. And Pat, I'm going to say it could be third. It could be third choice for father-in-laws because there are father-in-laws of different ages. Mm-hmm. All shapes and sizes, but ages is what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And Iron Claw. Yes. I mean, that's what a, happened, 100%. I think it's it's Boys in the Boat, then Iron Claw, then Ferrari for some age groups, or it's Iron Claw first for yeah. some age groups, right? So I do think that this little movie that could, and we think it will, uh, is also cutting into Ferrari. Yes. I mean, Iron Claw as a father-in-law movie is a younger father-in-law movie. Yes. That is, you know, for the father-in-laws who are, you know, in their late 40s because their son-in-law is, you know, in his 20s, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And that is the choice. I mean, let's talk Iron Claw. This movie had a $5 million second weekend because this came out on Friday, December 22nd, its first weekend. So its second weekend was up 4%. It had a weekend-to-weekend increase in Mm -hmm. business. You know, we talked last week about where this could end up ranking on that A24 box office list. It's at $16.3 million domestic right now. I think this is going to end up pretty high amongst A24 movies. This is this is a, a full-on breakout, I think, for this movie. It's going to end up past Priscilla, end up past Past Lives, Green Knight. I think The Farewell at $25 million is going to get past that. Disaster Artist, $28 million, Spring Breaker. This is, I mean, I think Iron Claw is going to end up in the $30 millions when all said I and agree. Done. And again, uh, I think a contingent... Uh, going higher than that contingent on the Oscar stuff, honestly. But yeah. even without that, even without that, I do think that this movie has momentum. I think the goodwill train for Zac Efron is fully out mm-hmm. of the station. I'm on it. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. on it. Yeah. Again, Jeremy Allen White, you know, I'm saying that name a lot, but get used to hearing it a lot because mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of that name going forward. Uh, and so, yeah, I I see it too. I mean, we haven't seen this movie yet, uh, which seems uh, nuts. But right. if we haven't seen it yet, there mean that means that there's also other people who this is in their exact wheelhouse hasn't seen this because, right. again, a lot of people were with their families, and maybe they had to go see uh, two other movies before this was the the one to see. So I right. do think this movie is going to continue to do great business because you're going to have people who no longer have to see movies that their family wants to see they can go see their own movie and it's going to be the Iron Claw. Yeah, I think Iron Claw and anyone but you, now that people are away from their families, could really become, okay, it's people going on dates, it's people going to see movies with their friends again. And I think those two movies could benefit. But Iron Claw, it's got great reviews. 
I mean, there is there is now that last minute Oscar buzz for Zac Efron. Could he sneak into the fifth slot for Best Actor? I think it's a possibility. I think mm-hmm. if I'm handicapping it, he's running seventh or eighth, no worse than that for Best Actor. Mm-hmm. And if he gets that nom nom nom, this is a movie that I think is going to play into the spring as an yeah. art house movie that is clearly crossed over to some degree into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I think this, you know, we we talked about it months ago, and I predicted, I think you did too, where Iron Claw is going to end up being the biggest box office hit of the art house Oscar movies, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to happen. This is going to be bigger than uh, uh, Poor Things. It's going to be bigger than the holdovers. I mean, obviously, the holdovers got screwed with the PVOD strategy. Yeah. And stalled out at 18 million. That should have just expanded wide at second week and, and not been on PVOD uh, for months. Um, but Iron Claw A24 usually lets movies play for a long time. We saw that with Everything Everywhere last year. And I think Iron Claw is going to be their big Oscar movie that breaks out. Yeah, because you're seeing poor things down here at 12 plus 6%. It's only in 800 theaters, 10.2 million. So it's, I mean, it's kind of stalled out, uh, yeah. you know, uh, and, and then really quick, and I know we got to go, but very interestingly, number 13, Trolls Band Together, mm-hmm. up 10%, made 1.9. It's at 97.5. I think Universal's trying to push this thing over 100. They got to do it. It's it's in 1,500 theaters. Uh you know, there was, of course, uh, there's always that trick when drive-ins are a possibility of pairing a movie with a popular movie mm-hmm. and, and uh, at the drive-in and getting those ticket numbers to count for both. And you can't really, I guess there's still parts of the country, right, where there's drive-ins. And again, down south in Texas, their drive-ins are probably open. So maybe mm-hmm. Universal pairs Trolls Band together with Migration. Mm-hmm. at drive-ins to get it over the hump of 100 million. But yeah, Universal's got to get Trolls Band together to 100 million. It's just, uh, figure it out. They got to figure out how to hit that number. And then number 14, Wish, plus 20%. It's at 60. Pat, do you want to defend this turd too? Are you I in, don't are you in that, defend, good of a, that good of I a I don't want to defend the Wish turd. Um, $60 million original Disney movie. Obviously this should have done a lot more. It, it should have done a lot more. It's, it's not going to do migration numbers. Migration is yeah. going to blow wish out of the water. So it's, it's, a, it was a bad year for Disney. That's okay. for sure. There we go. I was, I was testing you. If you were going to say something, I don't know, 20%. I'm not, listen again, don't accuse me of hugging a corpse. Okay. I, I, don't accuse me of that. That's right. that's a bold accusation. Um, anything else in this box office? Obviously, Hunger Games doing well. One fifty nine. That's a hit. Um, Boy in the Heron make it thirty five point six uh, thirty five million. It's probably going to end up at around forty million domestic. I mean, that is a success. That is a success, especially when a movie like that it it made all its money overseas already. So this is all just gravy here mm-hmm. in the states. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think that's all we really need to get into. Obviously on our next episode, we'll be talking about, uh, night swim again, Mm -hmm. not night swimming, the REM song. We're talking about night swim 
the horror movie opening up. So we'll do that preview on our next episode. And listen, if you somehow missed it in your feed, we put out a bonus episode just a few hours before this. It is the best of Kirk Minahan on the B.O. Boys. So if somehow that got pushed down in your feed when this episode came up and you haven't listened to it, it's a must listen. It's the it's a, our first ever clip show, and it really takes you through the second half of the year through the appearances of Kirk Minahan on the B.O. Boys. So got to listen to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, we're YouTubers, so watch this show on YouTube. Subscribe if you haven't already. Smash that like button. We haven't told people to do in a while, but Clayton, what is it they should ring on YouTube? Ring that bell. Yeah, got to ring that bell. So you got full episodes there. You got clips from the show. You got web exclusives, a lot of content on the YouTube channel. Of course, follow us on social media at the B.O. Boys Pod. Want to be O senior intern Christopher killing it with the clips on Twitter X, on TikTok. He also does the clips for the YouTube channel. So follow us on social media at the B.O. Boys Pod. Read our Substack. Subscribe to our Substack. Our Substack is back thanks to Wannabe O junior intern Jack. He's writing articles there two to three times a week. He does preview weekend episode uh, articles. He does uh, uh, results articles. He also does just articles about the box office history of movies he finds interesting. And he just put up an article a few days ago holding himself accountable for some box office predictions he made a year ago and how they panned out. So subscribe to our Substack. Thank you, Wannabeo Junior Intern Jack, for bringing that back. And mm-hmm. give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and email us at the BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your boots on the ground reporting, your predictions, all that. So on the preview episode, we usually get to reading a lot of emails. So send us those emails, the BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com, and we will get to them on our next episode. And Clayton, anything else you want to well, add to this? I think we definitely have to read some reviews next episode. Yes. You, you've been putting the reviews in. They're coming in droves. We thank you. Five stars again. Thank you. you know, keep them coming. Five stars, blah, blah, blah. And we'll read some of these great, great reviews next episode. We promise. Yes. We promise. So the next episode, we're going to be previewing the weekend, previewing the opening of Night Swim, and we'll be reading your emails and your reviews that you left us. So huge, huge episode coming up in a few days. And Clayton, I think we've done it. I I don't think there's anything left to say. No, definitely not. Except for until next time. Well, smell you at the box office. Nailed it.